It's time we anchor ourselves into the core themes of Christianity. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Who is Jesus? What is the Bible? What are sin and grace? How do you become a Christian and then live like it? Over the next few weeks, we're going to dig into these questions and see what God's Word has to say about bringing a new life and new light into our lives today. We hope you enjoy. We have a lot to share with you, and so be ready and be ready to be challenged. But um, I stood up here the very first week of the year, and I announced our theme. Does anyone remember what our theme is? All right, that's good, but kind of weak. Let's give it with some passion. Our theme for this year is? Anchored. And I said, you know, there's all kinds of storms that are, we're in or are coming our way. And whether it's relationships or whether it's finances or whether it's work or whatever the thing is, we need to be anchored. And our world has got all kinds of uh, band-aids for us, but Jesus is an anchor. Amen? And so our, our theme verse for this year, I want to uh, remind you of it. It's found in Hebrews chapter 6, verse uh, 19, and it says, We have this hope, and I just love that word hope because um, it just gives so much life and light to us. We have this hope as a what? As an anchor for the soul, an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, there it is, our anchor is Jesus. Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. A lot of big words in there, but I love the word hope. I love the word anchored, and I love the word Jesus. Amen? And so um, just for fun, I want to share uh, a a couple gave me this. uh, I think it was on Easter last week. How cool is this? So this sits in my office now. And it says anchored, and then it has that verse, Hebrews chapter 6, 19. And I want not just that verse to be etched in wood in my life, but I want it to be etched on my heart, and I want it to be etched on your heart. Amen, church? And so um, this series, I'm going to make a pretty bold statement. This series, I believe, is the most important series of any series that's going to be preached this year. That doesn't belittle or negate the other series. I think there's value and importance. But if I were to say the most important series of the entire year is this one, I, 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 will, put, uh, I will put all of me on that. And so I will explain why in just a moment. But uh, welcome to uh, the beginning of our five-week series that will end on Mother's Day. Yes, I just said Mother's Day, you know, in five weeks. And so... Um, Let's pray, and then we're going to see what God has in store for us today. And by the way, welcome to our online people. Sorry, I forgot to say hello to you. So grateful that you're a part of uh, this journey with us this morning. Father, thank you. I know um, uh, a lady last week, she uh, was here, and she says, man, I live in Louisiana, and I'm going to start watching. So uh, I pray that that's true, and with our people in Oregon and South Carolina and and Nevada, and, and Colorado, and just all over the place, and even all over the world, Lord. We, we pray for all of our people that are watching online right now, and we pray for each of us. God, I need you as an anchor, and um, the truth be known, I'm sure everyone in here needs you as their anchor. So we're praying, God, for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, that we would be made aware of what it is that you want for each and every one of our lives. Help me to do a good job in communicating uh, your truths. Lord, do your thing. In Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Amen. So if you've been around West Valley long enough as me as the lead pastor, which is coming up on seven years, uh, you've probably heard this verse 
a ton of times. I said million for service. That's an, over an exaggeration. But um, I want to help in this very first part of this message for you to understand uh, the DNA of West Valley, why we exist, why we do what we do. For some of you, this is going to be new information. Some of you, this is going to remind you of what you're a part of here. So let's go to Matthew chapter 22. Jesus is asked, what is the most important thing? What is the most important commandment of all the 600? So let's read this together. Jesus' response is, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So this is how we say it at West Valley, and it's plastered up on the wall there in the lobby. We, are, we exist to help people to love God and love others. West Valley, we exist to help people what? Love God and love others. You know, In-N-Out Burger, they're all about selling burgers and fries. And by the way, that sounds really good right now. Uh, but you got to eat the fries first, right? Because they could be the best thing, but they could be the worst thing five minutes later. Anyways, that's here nor there. Starbucks, their goal is to sell you coffee. But our church... The job of the church is to help people love God and love others. Amen? So in this series, um, we're going to do this thing called, a, a, this series called Discover Life. But I want you to understand the philosophy or the strategy behind why we do what we do here at West Valley. Any church could do whatever they want, but this is kind of where we've landed. And for a while, COVID kind of changed that a little bit, but we're back on track. And so I'm going to take you through a chart uh, that you probably haven't seen in a long time. I see it every Tuesday up in staff. We look at this all the time. You see, I think we could help people love God and love others organically just by the way we're gifted, by what we naturally do or don't do. And that's great. But I also think that God works through strategy. Wouldn't you agree? And, and you look at Jesus himself, he had strategy. Right out the gate, he invested in 12 men. Isn't that strategy? And he said, I got to invest in these 12 men so that they can invest, so they can. So at least our strategy is this at West Valley that, that will help you understand why we do what we do and why this Discover Life series is so important. So you start right there on the graph and it says street. Can you see that? And street is defined by two kinds of people. The first person is that person that's outside of the church that doesn't know Jesus. Now, you know this probably uh, better than I do. But the truth is, back in time, up until probably the 60s, 70s, even if the Bible wasn't taught in your home, at least you learned a little bit of it in public school. You remember those days way back when? If prayer wasn't in your home, it was at least in the school. But we live in a time where literally you could grow up and we could have 20 and 30-year-olds here that have never seen a Bible. That they have no clue what it means to pray. Do you understand that that is a reality? Yes, no? Like this is really a true statement. It's amazing how we teach people today and they, they don't even know books of the Bible. And you know what? I, I don't look that as a, as a critical thing. I'm excited that someone wants to sit down with me and they're embarrassed. Like, oh, I don't know. Where, no, it's okay. You're in the right place. Amen, church? So anyone that does not know Christ, we would call, quote, unquote, a non-Christian, right? That's street. 
But the second person that we as a staff look at, and we as a church, as a street person, is someone that has made Jesus Christ their personal Lord and Savior, that believes in Jesus, that, that, that is a Christian, but they don't have a church home. Does that make sense? So maybe they moved and they don't have a church home or something happened at their church and they got disenfranchised by the church and they're just kind of wandering out there. So we as a staff say the street person is someone that's far from Christ that hasn't made a decision or someone that is a Christian but doesn't have a church home. Are we on the same page? Does that make sense? Did I clarify that okay? Then our goal is to take them, and so we have street events all the time. Like we just did um, Easter Jam, and we had 350 people, probably 200 kids there, and all kinds of people that normally wouldn't come to church, but they came to an Easter egg hunt, right? You guys are part of Harvest Fest. We'll have 1,000 people here for um, that event on Harvest, uh, 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 Halloween. Uh, we did um, the Christmas Village. That would be another street event. You know what another street event is? Online. Online church. It blows me away at Meet the Pastor or people that I'm talking to. This is, this is not an exaggeration. This is just completely true that most people that I meet that found us online are watching the service two or three times before they'll ever come in these doors. Did you know that? Like, Rod, Rod you've been in church for a long time. That's like, that was never heard of before. But we tell the staff this all the time. There's a new front door for churches, and it's not those glass doors out there. It's online. If we, don't, if we don't reach online, they won't even give us a chance in person. Is that crazy? Yes? No? All right. So, so there's, the, there's that street, and we want to get them to the seat. Guess what? You're there. We want to get them to the purple seat. How cool is that? Congratulate yourself. You're in a purple seat. Yes. Um, some people go, Pastor, you really hate those purple seats. No, they're just purple. Um, I, I used to preach uh, our Sunday night service. Remember Journey? Uh, one year, I guess I used to say it so much that we had a few people that kept a journal on how many times Pastor and Rob, they had like a little click, click thing without me even knowing up on the screen, right? And I think it was 170-something times I said purple chairs. Anyways, our goal is to get people from the street to the seat and then to meet the pastor. And by the way, that happens next week. After this service, meet the pastor happens. It happens to be me. Uh, we'll, we'll go through the gym right over here into the connecting place. And there we'll have lunch together. And for one hour, I'll share my story, which I'll share a little bit of it today. Share my story. I'll share the church's story and history, why we exist, all the different kinds of ministries, the people. And um, so I would love to invite you. Who is that? Well, that person that doesn't know Christ or the person that doesn't have a home church and new to West Valley, we encourage you to sign up at the Welcome Center today and then be there next week. Does that sound good? All right, so then meet the pastor. So at meet the pastor, then the next step for us, and this is where it's good for you to go, where am I at in this circle? The next step is our Discover Life class that happens second service upstairs. And it's really a membership class for that Christian going, what do they believe about Jesus? What do they believe about the Bible? Because remember I've said this, just because there's a cross on a church doesn't mean they're following Jesus. Can I hear an amen to that? All right, and we're, we're, we're in the same boat. I'm like, we're, we're vulnerable. Here it is. This is what we teach. This is where we go. We show you all the, the verses. So that's the Discover Life class. We do that in a class setting. We do it on one-on-ones. We do it in small groups. We do it any way you want it to fit your schedule. But what we learned last year is we did this sermon series after Easter and all kinds of people made decisions for Christ. And so we thought, well, let's try this again. So this is what you're going to do. If you're here today, <laughs> you are, and for the next four weeks, you will have gone through our whole Discover Life class. 
It's really the cliff notes of Christianity. What are the basic things of Christianity? What does the Bible say? And so what I've done and our staff has done is we've identified three kinds of people. So if you pull out your bulletin um, and you pull out this little piece of paper, if you don't have it, please grab it on the way out, fill it out. This is, I don't ask a whole lot of you guys, but please do this. And online, um, you can get this uh, on the website. But we've identified three kinds of people. The first person is that person that hasn't made a decision yet for Jesus Christ. We are glad you're here. Amen, church? We're glad that you're here. You're in the right place. And so you're going to learn about the basis of Christianity. And my desire is that you would learn and that you would make a commitment for him. The second kind of person is a person that has already said yes to Jesus, but doesn't have a church home, hasn't become a member. And that would be you to say, you know what? I want to make this my home. I want to be on this team to help bring the light to this side of the, the, the world. And then the third person is, uh, I've made a commitment to Jesus. West Valley Christian Church is my home, and um, I just want to learn. Because here's the reality. I've taught this over a, a couple hundred times, literally over a couple hundred times. Um, I didn't say this first service, but I was actually the first person they ever took this, this lesson through. Uh, and you'll hear how that connects with my story later, hopefully. Um, but this is something that every time, and that's a, not an exaggeration, every time I teach this one-on-one -on -one or in a class or preaching, it reminds me of some things that I need to be reminded of because my life is in a different place. Amen? And for you that is a Christian and a member of this church, this will be good for you to refresh in your relationship and to remind of the basics. But also, let me tell you, Look at this as also me training you or teaching you on how to teach others. Because every one of you is qualified to teach this information to a friend, a family member, a coworker. So we want to empower you with a tool that will help you share the gospel. It's not the only way, but it's a good way. And we actually have it in booklet form. If you ever want a copy of this, just go to the front office Go to the Welcome Center, and we will give you as many copies of this as you want. Amen? Am I making myself clear? Will you be praying for decisions throughout this next four or five weeks? I've already had three or four people come up to me and go, man, I'm ready. Amen. Let's go. So with that said, we're going to start off with the Jesus lesson. And there's always a key concept, and the key concept for this lesson is relationship, not religion. Isn't that what that video was all about? Wasn't that what that video was all about? It's about a living relationship with Jesus Christ. And you say, well, where do you get that from? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's open up our Bibles to Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Revelation 3, verse 20. Jesus says this, and this is in red letters in your Bible, so that means Jesus is the one saying this. He says, here I am, I stand at the door and what, church? I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they will, they will with me. This is a beautiful picture of a big wooden door, maybe in a garden, and there's Jesus standing at it. And I've said this a ton of times and I'll say it again. There's only one handle on that door and guess whose side it's on? It's on your side. You see, Jesus, even though he has all authority and power in heaven and earth, is not going to come into your life, kick the door down, barge in and say, here I am. Who wants an unwelcome guest in their life? None of us want that. And Jesus, even though he wants a relationship with us, he respects us enough 
and the free will that's been given to us to say, hey, I'm here. Now, this might be an awful example and probably outdated, but Facebook, friend request. And if I remember correctly, it says, does it say accept or deny, right? Accept or deny. So here's the reality. You have the choice on whether you want that person in your life or not, quote unquote, on Facebook. And if you push accept, what happens? You have access to their life. They have access to yours. If you press deny, then what happens? There's no relationship. There's no access. But if you do nothing, guess what? It's the same as pushing the button that says deny because you still don't have access. So as my father said, no decision is a decision. I don't remember a whole lot of quotes from him, but I remember that one. No decision, Robbie, is a decision. So if we're going to sit on our hands and not do a thing, we are making a decision. And so that's true with the relationship with Jesus Christ. Would you agree? So Jesus says, I want a relationship. Now, again, you guys are like, okay. And especially if you're new to this kind of stuff, you're really smart. You're like, how do I have a relationship with someone I can't see? Well, I, I, I couldn't say this before. I've never said this, but it kind of caught me in first service when I was preaching. I was like, wait a second. If any generation gets it, it's this generation because they, quote, unquote, have all these relationships and they haven't even met any of these people, right? <laughs> so I mean, if we could have relationships in social media, we could have relationships with Jesus, quote, unquote. But the reality is it does not make sense sometimes. It's like really hard. It's like, man, you know, if I, if I want to have a relationship, I could come see you and, and engage and, and know that you're real and, and all that. But Jesus, how do you do that? And it's interesting because I have a, a friend that goes to the church here and, and she uh, reached out uh, last night and said, hey, I need some, some advice. Uh, I, I found out a dear friend of mine is um, uh, deathly ill, like they're going to pass soon. And I, I've engaged in conversation with him in the past. And he said that, um, you know, I'm an atheist, that um, you Christians are uneducated, you know, people and and." some other stuff with that. And she goes, you know, he, he may live a day or he may live a week and, and it's just on my heart. How do, I, how do I share Christ with him without, you know, putting a burden on him? And uh, she continually said, he said he hates religion. And I said, well, there it is. Now, outside of, you know, every person's different, every circumstance is different, but if you've earned the right to be heard and this is something that's on your heart, you could do this in a tasteful manner and play at his level. And she's like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, he hates religion. Tell him you hate religion too. Oh. And I said, by the way, you could tell him Jesus hates religion. Oh. Well, we could refer back to the video, right? I mean, that's, that's what all that is about. She's like, oh, my gosh, it's true. And, and, and you just say, you know, we all hate religion, so we're on the same page. Now, let me tell you. And I'm not going to tell you everything I said there because every situation is different. But the point is this. At the very end of our conversation, I told her, you could tell him it's never too late. He could give God the middle finger his entire life and yet say yes to him on his deathbed. And God's grace is sufficient. Amen? Now, you and I go, that's not fair. But the truth is, it's not fair for him because he lived a life without joy and strength of the Lord and peace while here on this earth. But it's just like the criminal, right? We just read about this last week with the crucifixion of Jesus. The criminal 
at the last second, Jesus says, today, you're going to be with me in paradise, right? So, you know, that deathbed confession, it's a real thing. But I'd rather someone at least say yes to Jesus on their deathbed than never say yes to Jesus. But here's the point. You're alive. Why are we waiting? For those of us that haven't said yes to the Lord, why are we waiting? Well, religion's this, and, and people have hurt me, and God hasn't checked off all these. Okay, put all that, just push it all aside. What's it going to hurt you to say yes to Jesus? Really, what's it going to hurt you to give that relationship a try? And for those of us that are in here, some of us have given our relationship to Jesus at one point in our life, but we've gotten really lazy with that relationship. And just like a human relationship, when there's distance, there's not intimacy. Correct? And maybe you're here today just to be reminded, you know what, I need to get back in the relationship. So how do I do that, Pastor? Prayer. Prayer. Anyone can pray. Amen? You don't have to have a degree in the Bible to pray. You don't have to have a, a, a collar to be able to pray. You don't have to be a man to be able to pray. You don't have to be a woman to be able to pray. You don't have to be on your knees. You don't have to have your eyes closed. Please, especially when you're driving, no eyes closed. And you don't have to have your hands raised or lowered. There's no prayer positions where God's going to hear you more. It's a heart-to-heart -heart conversation, amen? No matter how messed up you are or how good you are, God loves to hear from you. And so right here, right now, you can pray to God through the rest of this message and not hear a word I, I say, and I say, go for that. If that means you're talking with him, good. The second way is this book right here. You see, God gave us the Bible to help us have relationship with his son. Now, some of you have to remember way back when, like way back when, I understand dating is really different today. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. I, just lately, how many people have reached out, Pastor, I can't find a good man, or Pastor, I can't find a good woman. Where do you find? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Swipe left, I guess, you know? That's about the best thing I know. But um, there's more to it. But back in the day, you know, in high school, maybe you're at a party or something, or you're out at the football game, and, and you catch that person's eye, and... And back in the day, you would engage in some kind of conversation, and then you'd get a phone number, right? And then you'd spend, oh, gosh, do you remember this? Right? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I did it wrong. <laughs> right? And then finally, after two minutes of dialing, bam, bam. Bam, bam. You remember that? Young people, you're going to have to Google that noise. That means uh, someone's on the other line. The phone's busy. Um, I might have liked, liked to talk on the phone in high school. And my parents, oh, my gosh, bless their hearts. They have to have a little talk with Robbie because their friends would be like, every time I call, it's beep, 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 beep. You know, Robbie? You know. But anyways, that was back before call waiting. I share all that because... It's about time. Relationships is about time. And it's investing in conversation and getting to know. If you want to get to know Jesus, the first four books of the New, Test uh, New Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these tell us about the life of Jesus. Now, I want to go back just a little bit. If you go to Isaiah chapter 7, 
verse 14. Uh, let's read that together. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. You see, this is called prophecy. And there's hundreds and hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. The Messiah is coming. The Savior is coming. Jesus is coming. That's one of them. He's coming. So the whole Old Testament, the whole Old Testament is about Jesus is coming. And then you get to the, the Gospels. And then the Gospels are about Jesus is here. And I want to give you an example of that. If you read John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Though uh, through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was the life, and that life was the light of what? All mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And if you continue to read on in the passage, you're going to see the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. If you want to know how Jesus interacted with children, if you want to know how Jesus dealt with anger, if you want to know Jesus' thoughts on relationships, if you want to see Jesus interact with all kinds of people, you read the Gospels because it talks about his life on this earth. So the Old Testament is about Jesus is coming. The, new, the Gospels is about Jesus is here, and then the rest of the Bible is about Jesus is coming again. Let me give you an example of that. If you go to Acts chapter 1, which is the first book after John, Acts chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, they were looking intently into the sky as Jesus had been resurrected and was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside him. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven so the rest of the book is about jesus is coming again so this book is about who this book is about who this book is about who this book is about jesus and it's a gift from god from heaven so that we can have a relationship with jesus so we can hang out with them and get to know him the old testament is about jesus's coming the the gospels is about jesus's here and the rest of the Bible is about Jesus is coming again. You want to get to know who Jesus is, pray and read your word. And don't put that on grandma for you. She'll pray be praying for you, and you can't run from grandma's prayers. But a personal relationship with Jesus is a personal relationship with Jesus. Amen? And you can't shortcut the time. So did I tell you this already, that, that, that from now to the end of the series, May, May um, 14th, Mother's Day, is 28 days. I did all this without Google, calculators, or taking off my shoes and socks. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my goodness, there's a gospel that has 28 chapters. It's Matthew. So here's my challenge to you. For all of us, starting tomorrow, read one chapter of Matthew. With the idea of learning, you know, there's a lot of information you'll receive, but what I want you to focus in on is getting to know Jesus. Oh my gosh, he was calm here. Or oh my goodness, he was caring here. Oh, oh my gosh, he's compassionate. Or oh, he put up with some really whacked people. You know, whatever it is, get to know Jesus. Can you take that challenge? The next 28 days, starting tomorrow, read one chapter of Matthew. Again, the goal is to get to know Jesus better. You know, this Bible has over 300 nicknames for Jesus that are characteristics of who Jesus wants to be in our life. 
You know, he is the living water. You've heard that? He's the bread of life. He is the, uh, the resurrection. He is the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, we have all these I am statements, but there's all sorts of things. You know, at Christmas, there's that popular one, Isaiah 9, 6. Isaiah 9, 6, that's Jesus. This, this Jesus is coming. He's going to be a wonderful counselor, an almighty God, an everlasting father, and what? Prince of peace. And so, you know, I love sharing this in the Discover Life because this is just four characteristics of Jesus. And after every one of them, I say, don't you want to get in a relationship with someone like that? Like literally, are there times when you don't know what to do? Yes, no. Are there times where you're confused, where you're lost, where you're like, do I go left? Do I go right? What, what, what do I? Jesus says, come to me. I'm a wonderful counselor. I'm not a bad counselor. And I don't charge $200 an hour. And I'm sorry for those of you that are counselors. That's what, the way you're making your living. That's good. I'm not saying that's bad. But Jesus is free. <laughs> I, wouldn't it be awesome? I'm sorry, I'm a pastor, and so counselors, we do a lot of the same stuff. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the world didn't need us anymore? He's a wonderful counselor. And then, and then what does it say? Almighty God, he's a counselor that could do anything he wants. And then this one gets real personal for me, and, and, and I'm gonna be honest, uh, for whatever reason. And um, it's crazy, um, it's so cool. My, my, my little brother's here today and his beautiful wife. And um, I hadn't even thought about all this, but brother, here it is. Um, I miss dad. I've missed dad for about a month um, more than normal. A lot of stuff going on and just, just wish I could talk to dad. And um, I remember teaching this. I've taught it hundreds of times. And when you come to this, when you say everlasting father, people either hate their fathers or love them. And I'll just share, we have some really crappy fathers on this earth, and we have some really amazing fathers on this earth. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but it's the truth. And um, I would just say, dads, do your best. Stop making excuses on you didn't have a good father, or you didn't have a, just whatever, whatever reason, just own it. And just be a good dad. Amen? It's never too late. Never too late. But anyways, um, I don't know if it's because, you know, I'm watching my son be a, a father for the first time. I'm proud of him, Drew, with, with Taylor. And, and Easton's been doing some pretty cool things. I, I, it's been, Will, it's been like 15 years, hasn't it? 15 years. And I still want to pick up the phone and say, guess what, right? And um, I share all that because you know what's cool about Jesus? He's an everlasting father. You know, the deal is our earthly fathers aren't always gonna be here. That's the deal. But Jesus is always gonna be here and he's gonna be the best version of what an earthly father should be. Are you with me? Can you get in a relationship with someone that's a wonderful counselor, everlasting father, almighty God, and then prince of peace? We talked a lot about that the last couple weeks. He gives us an internal peace in the midst of external storm. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? I, um, I just want to say this. You know, we each get to make that decision. And, and I... Of course, my, my desire would be that you would make it. And I, I want to close the message with this. I, I, I share this a couple of times a year, and sometimes I go, oh, my gosh, 
You know, some people have heard this over and over again, but let me just remind you of what I tell you. I need to remind myself. You should never be ashamed of telling your story. And you should never get tired of telling your story. And you know, some of you, it might be your last time you've ever heard this. So I'm gonna, I, I believe my story, you could argue with what I've shared in the word, you can't argue with my story. And so I'm gonna close a little bit. Um, so I was born uh, just right here on Roscoe and Shoup, not, not literally on the street. Um, there was a hospital there. Someone just told me their, their mom was a, um, a nurse there. It's called West Park Hospital. I didn't even know that. So mom and dad got divorced when I was two. My sister had just been born, I think. So, so um, I lived with mom right off of Reseda. And um, Ingomar went to El Canoga Park Elementary, went to Garden Grove Elementary, all kinds of stuff here in the valley. Now, um, my stepmom's a, a, a still alive, and, and um, she's an amazing woman. She could tell uh, her, her version of this, but my version is little seven-year-old Robbie Denton was dropped off at his dad's house. So he's living with his mom and his sister, and all of a sudden, I'm dropped off at this house. My dad's living with this woman now, married to her, and they have this baby, Anissa. And now I'm going to live with them. I don't, it just happened like that. And so you can imagine that was different. Um, but boy, did I get an amazing um, stepmom out of the deal. And um, so I share all that because I was raised, um, my mom's 100% Italian, raised at the Catholic Church, Our Lady of the Valley, right? Right here on Topanga and Sherman Way, right? We got dropped off. We learned about God. I'm not going to say good or bad, but that's, I was uh, baptized as a baby, right? Then um, Moved in with dad, Anissa, one day. Eventually, we had a house built in Camarillo, so we lived in Camarillo for a good season. And um, I just remember these guys on bikes and white dress shirts and ties that would knock on the door. You know who I'm talking about? Mormon boys. And I would be out shooting baskets, but dad would meet with them for hours. And eventually, um, we started going to church, and eventually, um, uh, you know, we became Mormon. And I don't talk about that a whole lot, but I was, was between the ages of 12 and 15, I think we went. For me, it was all about the girls and the basketball. It was pretty cool, you know? Um, but um, I got baptized there, just like the Bible, full immersion. I kind of told you who Jesus was, but my family did it, so I did it, you know? Uh, then dad, one Sunday, said, we're not going to church there anymore. And he goes, I'll tell you why when you're older. So he found a lot more the higher up you get in the Mormon church. So... Now you fast forward, um, I'm in Orange County, I go to high school, I graduate, I'm confused about life, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, I'm going to college, playing tennis, still, you know, lost. My sister's here, my mom put her in West Valley Christian School when she was seven years old, and she's a child actress, as many of you know, she did really well, but my mom said, hey, why don't you come Take her to the set. Well, I'd rather pay you than somebody else to be a set sitter. So I'd prick up Fred Savage, five years old at the Marriott. My sister, take him to the set. We had a, um, a homecoming game out in um, Orange County. So I drove back out there after being up every morning early. Saw all my friends, got back in the car, drove uh, home at one o'clock in the morning listening to Coast love songs with the heater on. Fell asleep in the fast lane. Went across all the lanes, went through a fence, Went down the hill, still asleep, bump, 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 slammed on my brakes when I woke up to just complete darkness inside like this on a hill. Car completely crashed, um, smashed in, but I was alive. There's a lot of stuff that happened I'm going to bypass, but eventually um, the police came, 
They said, you know, you were on this utility road by Colorado Street for 200 yards, and then this huge cement pole, there's a skid mark. You made an immediate right. And I said, no, I didn't. I was asleep. He said, well, you better thank God. Every day I live is an extra day for Rob Dad. And there's a lot of times I forget that. The next morning, my sister was coming to school. Uh, she was in high school, and she was crying. She saw the car. She heard what happened. And I said, Krista, tell me about this God. Because she invited me to church all the time, but I was too busy with sports. I said, tell me about this God. And guess where she brought me? West Valley Christian Church. And April 26 of 88, I gave my life to Jesus after studying the Bible, this very series that I'm taking you through. And I got baptized. Now you're saying, you got baptized as a baby. Yeah. You got baptized when you were 12 years old. Yeah. I made a decision for myself because I knew who Jesus Christ was. And I got baptized at 18 years old. And life, life has never been the same. I'll say this. In some ways, life has been harder. But it doesn't get any better. Because I'd rather do hard with Jesus than good without him. Where are you at with Jesus? Where are you at with Jesus? We're going to continue this series. Next week, we'll look at the word. But if you're even ready now to say yes to Jesus, talk to me afterwards. Talk to somebody at the Welcome Center. Father, thank you. Thank you that Jesus changes our lives. He takes us from the old and brings the new. He takes us from hopelessness and he brings us to hope. God, I pray for those people that are wrestling right now, especially those that have never made a first-time decision for you. I pray that you give them the courage to say yes and to open up the door. And for the rest of us, let this be a reminder of how precious our relationship with you is and how precious life really is. We love you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.